Life Audio. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? Or have you been in a season where it feels like He's completely silent? Have you been praying for a way to learn how to hear His voice more clearly? Hey friends, I'm Rachel, host of the Hearing Jesus Podcast. If you are ready to grow in your faith and to confidently step into your identity in Christ, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel. Today, we are finishing up Matthew chapter 22. And if you're just joining us, I'd encourage you to go back the last couple days where we started Matthew 22. And we're finishing up today with some words of Jesus. And if you're just new to the podcast, I just want to let you know that we have resources every day to help you hear God's voice more clearly. We do a variety of things from journaling prompts to family discussion guides, ad-free episodes, all of that and more you can find on our Patreon. The link is in the show notes. I'm reading from the NASB and I'm picking up at verse 34. It says, But when the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Upon these two commandments hang the whole law and the prophets. Now, while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them a question. What do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? They said to him, the son of David. He said to them, then how does David in the spirit call him Lord, saying, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. Therefore, if David calls him Lord, how is he his son? No one was able to offer him a word and answer, nor did anyone dare from that day on to ask him any more questions. So there's really two things that are going here going on here in this passage. The first is this idea of the greatest commandment. Now, in this time frame, Jewish teachers would often debate back and forth the commandments of which ones were the greatest or which ones could summarize the law the best. Two of the favorites were honoring parents and then loving your neighbor as yourself. But I want to make a couple distinctions here. The love of God is the first and greatest commandment was a phrase that was formed as part of the Shema, which would have been recited faithfully all the time by the Jews. And that's based on Deuteronomy chapter six. And then there was this Jewish interpretive technique where Jesus actually links that to the second one. And he uses the the words, and you shall love. And it was based off of the way that he was trying to link these two phrases together. But he links two verses. The verse is Deuteronomy 6, 5, which says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And then the second is Leviticus 19, 18, which says, do not seek revenge or bear grudge against anyone among your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. So what Jesus does is he takes that common phrase and you shall love, and he uses it to link these two verses, these two concepts together. And The Jewish ethics stressed all the time the love of God and the love of others. But what Jesus was saying is these two are the most important. And when we think about the love of God or the love of others, I want to think through that from the Jewish perspective. 
love for God was not simply an emotion. What they meant by that in their culture, what Jesus meant by that was the entire person. So the heart, the soul, the mind, the body, all of that giving over and surrendered to God. That's what love for God meant. And then love for others is indicating responsibility. So the act of being useful to somebody, to serving them, loving them by doing things for them and laying down your life for them is what he meant. And that was not just for Jewish people, but also for Gentiles. And so this idea of love was love was an action. And so what's distinctive about this is the way that Jesus in the book of Matthew is drawing on these two commandments, love God and love others as the way to understand the rest of the entire Torah, the rest of the Old Testament. Because all of the law and the prophets would hang on these two commandments. And it's not that Jesus is saying, don't pay attention to the rest of the law. That's not what he's saying. What, and he's not even saying that the law is something to be disregarded or prioritized or deprioritized. What he's saying is the priority should be the love of God and the love of others as the way that we view, the lens that we view the rest of the Torah. So if we're looking at something in the Torah that we don't understand, something in the Old Testament that we don't understand, we view that through the lens of loving God and loving others. The rest of the Torah, which Jesus often refers to, is still valid, but they all hinge on these two commands. And then we want to go down to verse 41 and 42, where Jesus essentially is pushing back on the religious leaders and he gives them a riddle. He asks them, what do you think about the Messiah? Whose son is he? And so this is the final scene in a series of confrontations that Jesus has had with these religious leaders. And he's essentially giving them a riddle that they are stumped by. And the riddle revolves around his own identity as the son of David, as the Messiah. And so this question, this riddle, if they were to understand it, actually answers their initial question at the beginning of chapter 21 when we talked about them questioning his authority and the way that he was able to act within the temple when they said like, okay, well, why are you even doing this? Who are you even? He's actually answering that question with this riddle right here, but they don't necessarily see it. And so he says, the Christ, whose son is he? Well, that initially must have seemed like a really simple question to the Pharisees, because again, they knew the Old Testament, they knew the Torah, they knew the law. And so their automatic reply from the book of Psalms is basically saying that the Messiah is the son of David. And they're basing that off of the common knowledge that the prophesied Messiah was from the line of David. And so this is confirmed that we know, because we've been studying this book of Matthew all the time when Jesus is referred to as the son of David. And so their answer is that the Messiah is, of course, expected to be a son of David. And that's an accurate answer. But in the end, they just don't quite get it because Jesus, while being the son of David, is also David's Lord, because he says, if David calls him Lord, how can he be his son? What Jesus is doing is he's taking the Pharisees back to Psalm 110, verse one, which is the most quoted Old Testament passage in the entire New Testament. And they recognized that as a messianic prophecy by David. The the religious leaders at the time would have recognized that. And that was done through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So they can't argue with that because they already hold that as valid. And so David refers to the coming messianic ruler, his son, also as Lord. And so the way that the Hebrew worked, the Hebrew 
for Yahweh, they would not have said Yahweh. They would have instead substituted the word Adonai. And so the way that they would read that is the Adonai says to my Adon, David is saying, my descendant will also be my Lord. And the way that the family respect issue would have worked in that time frame is they would never expect an older person like David to refer to his offspring as Lord. But in all actuality, it would be the opposite. The younger person would refer to the older person as Lord. But the coming Messiah is not just the descendant of David, but is his Lord. And so if Jesus is truly who he declares himself to be, then he has a very unique message to proclaim because Jesus is not like any other figure to ever walk the earth because he claims to not simply be this messenger of God, but to be this unique son of God. And so the silence of the religious leaders is a testimony And it's really a straightforward implication that the text that he's quoting from cannot be avoided. The text that they refer to and they hold as true, it cannot be avoided. And so if David called the son of David his Lord and the Messiah is the son of David, then they at this point are dumbfounded because they don't know how to respond. Because if they were to respond and say, yeah, we agree, then it would basically be admitting that Jesus is the son of David. Jesus is the Messiah. And they will not do that. They refuse to do, to do that. They ignore that. So from that point on, they don't ask him any more questions because Jesus, every single time they push on him, he pushes back with wisdom and he gives them questions and he tests them and he gives them riddles. And all of these things point back to him being the Messiah, which they know, but they cannot admit because if they admit, then they are literally saying that this guy is the Messiah. They know what the scriptures say. They know what Jesus is saying. They know what Jesus is doing, but they refuse to believe it. And you know what? I want to go back to this idea of the Torah and how we interpret that actually for a second. If if you think about it in terms of like a coin, think of a quarter, you have the head side and the tail side. Well, you only have the head side because you have the tail side and you only have the tail side because you have the head side. It's two sides of the same coin. I think that's a really good way for us to understand what Jesus is saying about the Torah. We love God and we love others. We can't claim to love God if we treat each other poorly, and we can't treat each other poorly if we claim to love God. And so those two things are linked together, and they help us understand what the Torah says, but it also helps us understand how we're to love each other in our current climate. So we love God by loving others, and we love others by loving God. So given that insight, I'm going to go back and reread, starting at verse 34. It says, But when the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to them, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Upon these two commandments hang the whole law and the prophets. Now, while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them a question. What do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? They said to him, the son of David. He said to them, then how does David in the spirit call him Lord? Saying, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. Therefore, David calls him Lord. How is he his son? No one was able to offer him a word or answer, nor did anyone dare from that day on to ask him any more questions. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this reminder to love others as we love you. God, help us to be moved to 
love other people as we are serving you. God, help us to think about that as our guiding principle as we are walking through this life. God, as we think about the Old Testament, as we think about the Torah, it's not that we discredit any of what it says, but we think of it through the lens of what you've commanded us to do, to love God, to love others. So Lord, I pray that you would even drop something in our hearts right now. Reveal to us how we can love others today, because we know that as we love others, it's showing how we are laying down our lives to love you. God, I thank you for your heart that is revealed and your character that is revealed for your word. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, friends, thanks for listening. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you will find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hey, friends. If this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you in your walk with God, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, bonus content, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you. Know that you are so loved. Keep going. Keep going.